Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast, where attitude is everything. On today's show, I, I love the fact that I get to spend time with this young man. I used to get to spend a lot more time before the pandemic stuff happened. There was a lot of travel. I used to be with him all the time, and probably one of the most impactful times that we got to spend together, he pulled me aside, and he asked me about something that I was doing. And I had no idea that I was doing it. He asked me about branding. I had never even been conscious about it. And that night, I was speaking the next morning at his school. And that night, I wrote a keynote that now I use and have used for years and years and years. But it was simply because he was interested as opposed to trying to be interesting. And this man is constantly always promoting everybody else. He's always making everyone <clears throat> push to their limits. And what I love about it, too, is that he started with the company, uh, he said, getting copies and coffee as an assistant to the owner. He forced himself to be able to get a job as an assistant. Now, he's the executive director and a partner in the Paul Mitchell schools. I, I, and I'll, I'll mess them all up, so we'll talk about them later. But there's five Paul Mitchell schools. There's three salons. And his name is Sean Chido, which I messed up his name for a long time, but I got it right today. And welcome to the show, Sean. Hi, Kelly. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here today. So coffees and copies, or coffee and copies. Tell me about yeah. this. Yeah, so I, you know, I think everybody has like turning points in their life. And where I was when I entered a Paul Mitchell school was a, a turning point. And it was basically... I'm in a horrible place, but for some reason I'm drawn to the school and I, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And I was hanging out with all the wrong people doing all the wrong things. And I met this incredible, energetic, crazy woman named Tina Black. And I told her I was going to work for her. So I went through my 1500 hour program at the school, went and worked in a salon for a couple of days and like called her back and said, I have to come back to the school. I have to come back. And she's like, I don't have anything for you. And I told her again, I have to come back. Like, I have to come back. So I think finally, after just being so repetitive and in her face about, I'm going to work with you. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to, she finally said, okay, here's where, here's where we can start. You can, you can be my assistant and you can get some coffee and make some copies and set up classrooms for me. And I said, perfect. I'm in, I'm in. And that's, that's where it, it all started. So talk to us too about this. We were just talking before we started uh, recording. People hear coffees and copy, uh, you know, coffee and copies. They hear assistant and then bang, executive director and partner of five Paul Mitchell schools and three salons. And you guys are just about to do, uh, you guys are opening and you're expanding and you're doing all these things. Did it go from coffee and copies to executive director or was there stuff <laughs> in the middle, Sean? Oh, that's hilarious. Yes. Uh, there was tons of stuff behind the scenes. Lots of, um, as Tina and I used to call them, in the gym days when you had to have those tough conversations and you had to be pushed outside of your shell. There were many lonely days. There were many lonely nights. There was a time where, because I was all about myself, that the team that we had didn't want to come alongside. And if you've ever been in that position where you're trying to lead a team and everybody's pushing against you and you just figure, okay, they'll come around eventually and work around the clock. Like that was, that was then, like I, I went through all of that. There was a long period where like tasks were the most important thing and people are just, you know, we can, they're dispensable. Like we can just replace them. Everybody's replaceable. And that was the mentality that 
I had for so long that like stunted the growth of, of our company, stunted my growth. And it wasn't until I, I started to realize how important the relationships are and how you need to, you know, give in to your people, give to your people and, and believe in them. And which is funny because the only way that anything's ever happened in my life is because, you know, going back to, to Tina's, she was the first person that believed that I could be better than what I was right there. So I took that and ran with that for years, but I selfishly never gave that back. I held on to that. And that was just like my power. Like she believes in me. I can do this. I can do this. And among all that, my team was basically like, you're an asshole. Nobody wanted to work for me. Like that's, that's where we were, you know, especially because I started a lot of the team at that time instructed me. They were my, they, they were my learning leaders and now I'm moving through the ranks and slowly becoming, you know, their quote unquote boss. And there was so much pushback from that. So you said something that uh, is so very important and it's just that, that one word of people, but I want to go back to when you first mentioned people just a couple minutes ago and you were saying you were hanging out with all the wrong people. Can you talk to us about these things? Because I think a lot of times like Bad people don't come into your life with a shirt or a jacket or a sign that says, I'm a bad person and I'm going to do bad things. They generally come wrapped in some shiny stuff that's exciting. And then you realize later, unless you were the only one that had the friends walk up and say like, Hey, I'm going to take you down the wrong road. If you'd like to go, let's go down that road. Can you talk to us about that, that experience? And also how kids can start to look and, and, and be able to detect that before they start to go down the wrong road. Yeah. Say, you know, I wasn't like in high school, I wasn't like, we're going to be on the sports team. We're going to like, I just was kind of like, we're just, you know, going to figure this out. And typically no offense to the people that don't do sports or in after school activities, but they're the ones that are out getting in trouble. And those are the people that were available after school. Like they were like, let's hang out, but we're going to hang out and, we're going to, you know, maybe smoke a little something like that's what we're going to do. And, and that just kind of happened. And when you start down that, that path, it's kind of um, like when you push down like a snowball, like it starts out real small. And before you realize it, you're at the bottom of the hill and it's huge because you don't realize that the bad things and the bad people that you're hanging around with are attracting more of that. It's getting bigger and bigger. And because you're in it, you, you don't realize. And, you know, like they always say who you hang around with is, you know, your top five people is going to tell you where you're going to be in five years. Well, I was around all of the people that aren't even around right now. And that goes to show you the path of where, where I was going at that time, because that's where I was. I was going through a lot um, emotionally and trying to figure myself out and who I was and how I identified, you know, and, these were kind of like my coping mechanisms, buddies, I guess you could say, like, these are people that, you know, don't really care about anything and have no goals and have no ambitions. So that's just kind of where I, where I went. Like, it just was kind of, you know, I remember back when I was very little, I had an uncle who left an impression on me still to this day um, that told me I would never amount to anything. And when I heard that for the longest time, um, it was like, I believed it. It was in my head. So I was hanging around with people who didn't believe their worth, didn't believe anything good ever happens. Like that's just where they were. And throughout, 
years after I heard that, like society and the world just kept showing me nothing's good. You're not going to amount. You're not going to do this. Nothing good. So it was just repetitive in my head for a long time. And because I was around those people, I was getting more and more of that. Then, like I said, I was at that turning point and I knew some people that were in hair school and, and or being stylists and they're like, it's a great job. You know, you get to hang out all day. You just socialize three days a week, hundred thousand dollars. I was like, sign me up. <laughs> so I went, I went into a Paul Mitchell school and I'll never forget it. It was like the gates opened up. Like I didn't know at that moment why I needed to be there or what that, what that was, but there was a driving force that drove me to that school and made me sign up like literally that day. And then, like I said, throughout core and listening to the Paul Mitchell culture and listening to, you know, the leaders in the school talk about what are your dreams? What do you want? Like nothing's off limits. Like that was all stuff that I just didn't hear of. Like it wasn't in my world. And I'll never forget the first time that I made a dream board. And it was like, you look back on it like a year later and it was like, damn, I've checked a lot of those things off where 10 years before that, I didn't even have a dream. It was like, what are we going to do today? Like that was, that was what it was. Like, it's just, it's so crazy how, how those things can change just by who you surround yourself with. If you surround yourself with people that have those big dreams and, and have that belief, you know, borrow that belief. If you don't believe in yourself until you actually believe in yourself. I think that that's one of the most important lessons that I've learned is like, Give that belief, believe in people, people want it. It is a human need to have people believe in more than's possible for you. Like, and that's, that's where I started to, you know, surround myself with, and it, it goes to, if you're the, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrongest room. I spent a very long time in the wrong room and that was okay for me. That was my comfortable I was, you know, it was like, oh, I'm the, I'm, I'm the big dog. And that's as far as it was going to go. So when you think of that, you have to, you know, step into a room where you're not the smartest person and it's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. I will tell you to walk into a situation where maybe you're not the smartest person in the room or you're not, you know, the top dog and, and you start at the bottom and you're, it's uncomfortable, but that's where that growth, that's where that change that's where you truly find out who you are inside not who you've been like that's where that shift started to happen so talk to us too and talk us through that that time where you know you said that you were getting filled up so tina black who fills up everybody i mean this woman is absolutely phenomenal she was on a, a episode it was uh, long ago i need to have her on again um but this woman she builds everybody up and she is Honestly, most of the time, she's the most talented person in the room. In any room that she goes in, she's the best, but she yeah. makes everyone else feel like they're the best. So she's making you feel like the best, but you're taking it as your fuel, but you're not pressing it out, right? You're not Correct. pushing it out yeah. to, to your people. Can you talk us through that? And then what was the shift? Like what, I mean, was there something that happened? Was there a, a come to Jesus moment for you? Or, you know, talk to us about that. Uh, as far as like the shift, it was, I think I was sick of beating my head against the wall. You know, like we didn't have anybody to work certain shifts, even though people were available, they were clocking out right at the time to leave so that I stayed. And it was just like, what is going on? Why? And like, what is, what is happening? 
and it, it's that true moment with that self-reflection that you have with yourself like okay so if every person is treating you the same way and acting the same way you can't blame them anymore like i can't point the fingers at them i have to look at myself and say what am i doing was there a day and, though sean was there a day where when you were like oh it's me or like you look around, I mean, was there a, was it a Wednesday when you look and everybody's clocked out and Sean is standing there? And the reason why I say this is because I, I admire you so much, man, because most people would just blame. Most people would be like, it's Judy, she's crazy. You know what I'm saying? This person's crazy, that person's crazy. And they wouldn't understand that they just named all the crazy people around them and only crazy people hang out with crazy people. So... Was there that, I mean, when was that time for you to, to, to understand it? I, th I think the, the moment that it truly hit is that, you know, Palm Mitchell schools do a massive fundraising campaign every single year. Okay. And I remember, and I remember leading the fundraising campaign and talking to my team about it and being ignored. It wasn't important to them. It, it was and it wasn't that it wasn't important to them. It's that they had no respect for me that it didn't matter what I said, how I said it until I admitted my wrongs and went back and humbled myself very, very much. I, yes, I had to humble myself extremely much. I remember a conversation with, with a team member that told me like, you need to knock your shit way down. Like you, like you're, you're too high. Like this is never going to work. And I remember that, like it sticks in my head. Like, certain key things have happened and it was like okay so we need to look at that and i didn't and i ignored that comment until that fundraising thing when the team was just not about it and we struggled struggled in a, in that fundraising campaign that year until the end of it when i owned it and apologized and did what i had to and started to rebuild those relationships and then we still placed in the top 10 but we wouldn't have even placed if I wouldn't have owned that I'm the problem here because I'm more concerned about myself and, you know, what, what I can gain from this situation. How did you phrase these when you were saying that, you know, you, you do the apology or you, you know, you, you, you become humble, you humble yourself. How do you phrase this stuff? I had a conversation with my daughter the other day and and I told her my pop gave me something early on in my life. And he said, uh, you know, if somebody has a problem with you, um, then you go to him and you say, um, you know, have I done something to offend you? If I have, I want to apologize and then shut up and let him talk. And I was like, pop, that ain't going to work. But every time it worked, but it was things that I didn't want to hear. How did you phrase mm -hmm. and talk to us about the feeling that you have? Because humble, like you being humble is such a, uh, it's such an honorable thing, but being honorable a lot of times doesn't feel honorable when you're going to do it. <laughs> Does that make sense? So can you take us yeah. through the emotion and then take us through what, I mean, how, how did you like, how did you actually do it? Because again, you hear about people, you know, humbling themselves or apologizing, but a lot of times we don't get the actual tools, actionable items on how to be able to go about it. I think, you know, they always say, you know, lead by example and lead by example and lead by example. Well, on the aspect of tasks, I was leading by example. I was sweeping the clinic floor. We were, you know, I was, I was doing that, but it was for my own 
my own benefit of I'm just mentally telling myself lead by example. Well, if I show them, then they'll do it the right way. Like it wasn't about coming alongside and supporting them. So I had to fix and adjust my mindset first and understand that I'm serving them and that's okay. You know, so that was, that was the first thing I needed to demonstrate it by action with the conversation. You know, it goes back to what your pop said. I, I think he said it a little bit more nicer than I did, but mine was kind of like, I obviously have offended you. You're pissed at me. What have I done? And how can we move forward? That was, that was the conversation. And it, you're right. It stings. It stings to hear, you know, that people don't feel that, you know, I give them credit for things. I cut them off. I'm, I'm rude. I'm, you know, I, I only care about what they can accomplish in a work day. I, I'm not personable. I'm not friendly. And it's like, whoa, okay. Okay. We need, we need to look back at these because these aren't things that I ever want to be remembered for. And I didn't even realize at the time that that's what it was. Like, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. Like what my uncle said is you'll never amount to anything. I was like, I'm climbing this ladder. We're, we're going up to the top because I'm going to prove him wrong. And by that being in my mind, it helped, it had me like bulldoze over people because I was so in my mind since I was little is I'm going to prove him wrong. And, you know, so like I said, eat that humble pie and admit, you know, absolutely. You're, you're right. I, I 100% did do that. I, I did bulldoze you. I did, you know, I did discredit you and own those. And, and that's, that's what I did and just continued to work side by side and become more genuine because I think a lot of times that's lost. Meaning we know what to do or what the nice thing is to do. So we'll do it because we know what to do. We don't do it necessarily because it's in our heart. There's, I think there's two different things there because people can tell the difference. When think, for example, opening the door, it's the right thing to do. So you open the door for the first person, but now there's three or four people that are walking through there. Do you get annoyed that you've now held the door for three people, even though it's the right thing to do? I, if you're thinking about it, most people are probably annoyed that it turned in from the right thing to do one person. And now there's three or four people. So that's the difference between knowing what to do and doing it for a genuine reason. Because if you held the door open, who cares if it's a hundred people, it literally you're doing it for a genuine reason. So Sean, how can you transform the mindset? Because a lot of times people say, you know, you hear it all the time. Uh, what is it? Tiger can't change his stripes. Leopard can't change his spots. But you're sitting here telling us that you were in a place, in a selfish place, as in, a, in leadership. And then your leadership took off because you switched the one thing that needed to be switched, which was you. But that's contrary to what most people tell us throughout our lives. How does one go about <clears throat> constructing a mindset or choosing it or switching it around? Well, one of the most profound things that, that I've heard from um, a guy named Rob Dial, he said that, and I don't even think it was him. I think he was quoting somebody. So I probably got it all wrong, but we'll just put it out there anyways. He said that you can't control your first thought, but you can always control your second thought. And that has sat with me 
because it's a natural instinct. Like you said, you can't change your stripes. So that natural instinct or that natural sarcastic response or whatever that is, is always going to be at the forefront. It's bred into who we are. It's you, you can't change those stripes. However, if you learn how to pause before we speak, you have the opportunity to edit that out. And if you do it enough times, the pause becomes very natural. And you'll be able to say, you'll be able to quickly process what should be the response versus your initial one, because you, you know, that initial one's not always the, the right one. And I think that that's where we have the ability. If we all just paused, we all just took a pause before we spoke and really thought about that or took a pause before we embarked in an action or just, you know, just thought about that. I think that that would change a lot. So talk to us about like day to day for you. I mean, executive director, I told you earlier, I got to sit up straight when I say that now you're, now you're a partner. Um, it's been so cool because it was 2009 when you started with the company where, where you're at, you were getting coffee and copies <laughs> in 2009. Now we're talking in 2022, you're part owner of this. You're the executive director of all the locations. Um, talk to us about some of the day to day things, because I like, I have so many people that when I speak to them about the professional beauty industry, and then I say like Paul Mitchell school and Paul Mitchell school for those out there listening is like going to Harvard. If you, you know, the Harvard of the professional beauty industry, people about fall out of their chair. When I tell them the tuitions that it costs to go to schools, can you talk to us about why those tuitions would be justified and what you do on a day-to-day basis to be able to help these kids? Absolutely. Well, they always, they always freak out at tuition. I mean, still, when I talk to people, they're like, are you serious? I said, yeah, but you have to understand a four-year college costs, you know, a hundred thousand dollars and it takes them four years. They can get out within, you know, under a year and be starting their career. So, and, and it's, you know, it's such an amazing industry because it's limitless. Everything in the industry, like what you, you can make as much money as you want. You can make as little money as you want. It's 100% up to you and with this license where you can go in the industry you're not stuck behind a chair you can be a salon owner you can you know work in distribution you can be a salon coach there's there's just a lot of areas of opportunity and what's great about a palm mitchell school is because we're not you know just teaching you how to cut hair how to style hair and you know there you go go out into the real world like we truly believe in you as a person and not only are we going to teach you the soft skills how to connect with guests we're going to talk about how to rebook how to set you up for success when you go into sun we have a program called dollar camp it's going to set you up for financial literacy it's going to talk about taxes it's going to you know talk about savings and what it looks like to go and get a loan and yes you have to pay back student loans like all that information is there you know we have another program business fundamentals which is setting you up the building blocks for success when you leave there's there's just so much more inside of our schools than just cosmetology and that and that's why you know when i enrolled in a palm mitchell school till today my why is always going to be we have the power <clears throat> to impact and change the future of this industry through one future professional at a time and that's and it's happening if you think back, what does everybody always think of um, a hairstylist used to be? They used to have rollers in their hair, smoking cigarettes, and that's what it was. Like, look, look at look at where we are now. Like, we 10, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you wouldn't have said 
any cosmetology school is the Harvard of cosmetology schools. Like we we've clearly made an impact to be able to, to say that about our school. So we just have extremely high standards, not just the bare minimum to get you to get a license. We're going to, we're, you're going to leave a better, well-rounded person from a Palmetto school. So Sean, I mean, going from coffee to copies, um, there's been a lot of pinch me moments. So those of you listening or watching and you see Sean's face, um, from coffee and copies and to the executive director and a partner of the company that he started with, of which he actually went to school at the place where he, before he did the coffee and copies, talk to us about some of the pinch me moments that you were like, holy poop, I'm in this situation right now. I, I don't understand it. I can't believe it. Or were you just cool as a cucumber all the time? I think... For them, and you know, this is so strange because we just, I was talking to my team about it the other day because they were asking, how am I so calm all the time? All the, and I said, well, I've, I know where I've been and I know what I've gone through. And I lived at, you know, people say they go from zero to a hundred. I baselined at 99. So it didn't take me much to get to that hundred. Like I was constantly, you know, had something inside of me and it was anger. Like it was built up anger that all the time. And I think with living that way for so long to now looking at things and knowing the, just to be calm because I've been through all that and all that. And when you're calm, it's, it's okay. So as, as I went through things, I just kept saying, yes. I just kept taking on the next opportunity. Do you want to be the director of this school? Sure. You want to travel back and forth? Absolutely. Are you interested in going down to Florida? Yeah. Are you interested in helping us with the salons? Absolutely. And even though there's a million plates spinning, like I signed up for all that. I, I truly have enjoyed all of it. I will say the pinch me moment. And I think probably the only, maybe one of the top five times if there's even that many, the team has ever seen me cry or get emotional uh, is when Tina uh, announced to the team, because they didn't really know this was going on, that I was becoming a partner in the school. Like it was just kind of behind the scenes, like we're just going to, and we were at a graduation in our Fort Myers school and she announced it on stage. And then she had me speak and I couldn't even, I, I just welled up in tears. Like it was like finally something that I said I was going to do in 2009, like, here we are, like, all of that, all of those yeses, all of those hard pains, all of those pushes, all the push downs, all the pushbacks, all the, you know, 10 steps forward, or, you know, two steps back, like, all of that, like, wow, like, here I am on the stage, like, it was a feeling like I've never had, like, coming from somebody who for the longest time believed they never amount to anything, and now standing on a stage, at a school that I'm a partner of was that moment, like, wow. And it goes to show you um, anything's possible. And that's what I tell all of our students in our schools is that anything's possible if you believe. And if you don't believe, there's somebody out there that believes in you. So go after them to borrow that belief until you have it, because anything is possible. So Sean, help, help us too and help the listeners out there. Cause there's some kids that are saying, okay, Sean, I just don't, I, it sounds good, but 
I don't have a Tina Black in my life. I live in this neighborhood that you don't understand. My parents, uh, you know, are like this. I've got maybe one parent or maybe I have both, but they're not present. I've gone through all these things, the drug abuses, the, the, the alcohol abuse. Sean, you don't understand my story and you keep saying that anything is possible, but that's not my reality. What do you say to that kid? I've been there. It wasn't my reality. That's I, I, you have to step outside of your reality. You, you, you have to look outside of that box that you're in. There is more out there than what you think. There, there is more outside of that box. There is more outside of that city that, that you live in. And I'm sure you now they're probably coming back and saying, yeah, but that costs money. That cost, it costs drive. If you have the drive and the determination to change, your environment or change anything in your life, it will happen. It's not about motivation to get it there because motivation fizzles out. You have to have the drive to want that change in your life. So it is possible. You don't want to be in the drug city and you don't want to do drugs. You, you, if you have that drive, if you have that inner strength and you push yourself, it is possible. Where can a person find that inner strength? <laughs> It's a good question. I think um, it goes back to who you surround yourself with. And even though you might be in that tough crowd, again, it goes back to look outside that crowd. There's, there's, you know, people come in and out of your life for a reason. I, I truly, truly believe that. And we are all put here on this earth to leave our best mark. You have to be looking for those opportunities to pivot and change so that you can leave your best mark here. They're there. We just have to look for them. So Sean, as you go through, like, what is the, what are some of the next things that you're looking at? Because for a person, I mean, you've lived from 2009 till today, which 13 years, you've lived a whole career. You've lived a couple lifetimes from a person going to school at a place to then getting an assistant job where you're sweeping up, doing whatever, and then owning the spot. Most people would be like, I'm done. Like, that's enough. But now what are you looking for? What's the, what's the way out thing for you now? What's the crazy thing in your mind now that you're saying the 2009 thought that you had of like, someday I'm going to own this place. And everyone's, you know, you're, people probably thought you're a little crazy. <laughs> What do people think you're crazy when you're thinking now? They, you know, like, like I said, like we're, we just broke ground on, on our newest location in Sarasota, Florida. So we have, we have another school coming, you know, and, and we're not, the plan isn't to slow down. Like I, I don't, I always anticipate like we're going to, you know, we're looking locations to open more slots. Like that's, that's not going to stop. Like we're going to continue to have, you know, schools where people can feel safe and they can grow their education, but we're going to have a salon for you. That's going to offer the same. Like it, it's just, it is like, we're not, we're not slowing down. You know, I'm part of, I'm part of a coaching business. Um, there's, there's just a million things going on. Tina and I have a podcast that we do like it's, you know, and I wouldn't have it any other way because back in the day I was lazy. I will admit that 100%. I was lazy. I was a procrastinator. I was negative and I got negative results and lazy creates more lazy and action creates more action. And 
I couldn't see myself not being active. You know, my myself 20 years ago could not handle the life that I've built today. Not in a million years, but it was because I took those opportunities and made those hard shifts that that were needed. But we're like, we're just getting started. Like there's there's no top. Like I don't see the end. There's there's no end. Like we're just going to continue to keep growing and doing. So talk to us too about, um, you know, what makes up like when you're when you're looking at a kid and you're say you're coming into school and they've got this desire and then you're you said you guys have salons too and with your salons you're taking people out of the school and putting them in what are you looking for what are you looking for in those individuals that tells you Sean this could be a person that I want to invest in I think the number one thing is is attitude 100% because all the rest is teachable if if you have the attitude and with that attitude comes you know with your heart are, are you that person that, you know, has the attitude that leads with their heart? Are you going to do the things that are right because they're the right things to do even when they're hard? Are you going to be integral with your word? Are you optimistic regardless of, of what's going on? Are you that person that believes in giving back? You know, do you have self-love and do you put that out there into the universe? Like all of those things make a well-rounded, good human. And that right there, the rest of it's all easy. We can, we can teach you, you know, how to give an amazing cup, how to give a color, but that, that person and who you are is not something that can be taught. It can be changed if you pause and wait for your second thought. You, you can come around that. However, like, those are the most important things. Like, your skill set, like, I could tell you, I know people that are top-notch stylists have a bad attitude and really bad clientele. I know people that are, mm, okay have an amazing personality and are booked years in advance. So you can choose. It, it's, it really goes down to what is your, what's your attitude? So in your, in the coaching side, cause you're coaching salon owners, you're coaching stylists, you're coaching, uh, you know, uh, future professionals, um, you know, you're coaching owners. What have you learned through coaching? That we all need a coach. <laughs> we all, we all need, we all need somebody with those outside eyes looking in because sometimes we get so into what we're doing. We get so in the zone. We put those laser focuses on and, you know, we're, we're just so busy and this is what we're going to do that we don't realize sometimes the damage that we're creating by being that way. And it takes that person to kind of, that's looking inward to kind of say like, okay, so here's some areas for opportunity that we can really work on. How is it though, when you're performing at the level that you are, you've got the, you know, you're 13 years in, you've, you've become an owner, you're an executive director, you've got all these responsibilities, you got the, a bunch of plates in the air. How is it that you're still able to accept that coaching? Because a lot of times people maybe go get the coach or they're around the people, but they're not accepting the stuff. How do you stay in that mindset to be able to stay humble enough to be able to grow? And what sort of some actionable items that a person could do to be able to stay in that state? You know, you, you talked about mindset earlier, and that's really what it's, what it's about. If you look at, you know, a coach, they're not there to make you feel bad. They're not there to attack you. You went out and reached out to them because you want something better. 
There's something missing and you don't know what it is. You're not getting the results you want on your profit line. Your, your team isn't you know, responding the way that you would. So you're going to get somebody that's going to help you. And when they're there to help, sometimes it does sting a little bit. You go to the doctor, he's there to help you. He's going to give you a shot. It's going to sting, but it's going to make you better. You just have to get through that stingy part for it to get better. So talk to us too about some of the circles that, that you're around. I mean, some of the people, because like, what have they done? Uh, what have they done for you now? The reason why I'm saying it is because when you, when we started off, you said you were around the wrong people. And I'm not saying every single person around you right now is right, but there's a majority of them. I know them. And there's a majority of things that are going on around you. That's like, it's mind blowing to see the people perform at the levels that they are. And you're one of those people. Talk to us about some specific people that have really impacted you and gave you a little bit more wings than you even had. Well, I think, you know, one of the first people, obviously we talked about Tina, but, uh, Lisa, Lisa Martin, the director at the Sterling Heights location has always been a people first person. She still to this day can tell you every student's name, last name, number. And when they graduated since 2006, she, she knows everybody because that is super important to her. And I'm a firm believer of where your weaknesses are. Surround yourself with people whose strengths that is. So she is one of those people in my circle because of her ability to build connections and relationships with people. And I think, you know, I look at who's in my corner for business. I have Tina and Brian. They're, I, 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 that, I can't say enough about them because I don't think either of them <clears throat> have one ounce of fear in their life about anything. Um, I'm learning to get that way as we're going through the process of, of building a new school, they're just calm and you talk about calm, they're calm and collected about, about all of that. And I think that, that that's okay because some of the bumps, you know, of opening a new school or even opening a new salon, honestly, my fear would have kicked in that we probably would have said, maybe we need to pause. Maybe, maybe they just, we're going, we're going for it head in. So you need people like that. You need people that are further ahead of you in life so that they can get you over that fear and take you away from, you know, those, the lot of years it's going to take, they're already there. They can save you that learning lesson very, very quickly. Um, and then I just think of who in this industry, you know, I'll use you, Kelly, like, like you said, I, when I was a student, I was like, Tell me about branding because you come in with this shirt, you got your hair on it, your like everything has your your face on it. Like you, where did all this start? And like, because you're building, you know, this huge empire based off of a logo. Like people know that. Like you know, you hand them out when you're at hair shows. Like here's a patch, here's that. Like you just did that, and I was like, damn, that is so cool. Like you got a book. Like you just. Like you are one of those people from afar, because like you said, since COVID, I haven't really seen you that much. So it's nice that we get to hang out today. Um, but I think, you know, you're one of the first people that I go to for motivation. And like I said, motivation fizzles. And I can't remember who said this either, but motivation is like a shower. It's recommended you get it every day. I know that during the pandemic, we had the um, privilege of having you speak to our schools a couple of times. And the way that you touched them and got them emotional, like 
you need people like that. Like you need a dose of Kelly. Like it's just, it's like that shot. You're one of those people turning on your podcast, who you have on your podcast, like you offer that. So you need to have those people in your life. And then it goes down to, you know, scroll through even just your Instagram because you can find people that you want to surround yourself with there. And you can find people you don't the unfriend unfollow or on Facebook, I discovered you can do a 30 day snooze on people. You can just snooze them for 30 days and you don't have to see anything they post. (laughs) Um, Like, I I think it's so important, you know, and then the rest of it is I surround myself around people that I want to be like people that have those qualities that keep me in check. Cause like I said, sometimes I still got that little anger side that wants to come out, but I need to stay around people that calm that and put me in a calm place. What do you wish people knew about Sean? Um, that it hasn't been easy because I think looking from, you know, you and I were talking about this earlier before we started looking from, I'm not one to put my drama out there. I'm very private. I don't put anything personal that I go through or family, like that's just not there. I don't put struggles at work. If I have a really bad day at work, you're not going to find it on my Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm not going to talk about it. So on the outside looking in, wow, everything's been cool. But there's been a lot behind the scenes that I would never talk about. And I think that it's important, especially in this generation to know that there's more behind the camera. There's more. What you see is what we're putting out there. But what actually took to get there, it's hard. It's been hard. But it's so, so, so been worth it. You just said a word that just kind of sparked me, which is generation, because I think every generation looks at the one that's right in front of them and says, you don't have work ethic. You don't work as hard as we did. Um, And I, I had this conversation with a millennial one time, and he was like, no, I just don't work stupid. And, I, and I, I was like, I was offended at first. And then he was like, nah, I mean, if it only takes, you know, if I have a, a method to be able to get something done in five minutes and it took you two hours, it doesn't make any sense for me to take the two hours. I'll take the five minutes. Talk to us a little bit about, because you're dealing with a lot of different generations too. It's not everyone in Paul Mitchell school is 19 years old, but you do have the 19 year olds and then you have different generations. How are you able to so seamlessly get people to work together um, when when a lot of times they don't understand each other? So let's talk to two different people. Number one, let's talk to the, the millennials that constantly hear that they're lazy, they have no work ethic, which I don't believe. I think that these guys are some of the most, uh, like they have some, some of the greatest ingenuity uh, that we've ever seen. They just work different, right? Like I'll give you an example. My son, we put a, a time limit on his iPad and he didn't react at all. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? Maddox like, and little Joker was up in his room on his PlayStation watching his YouTube. And then we were like, hey, <laughs> hey, that's not what it's about, man. He was like, Cool, dad. No problem. He turned it off. Little Joker was up butt booty naked in the bathtub with his switch on YouTube. He just figured out a way. Does that make sense? I can't punish him for it because I, I love it. So let's talk to, let's talk to that kid 
that hears that all the time. You you have no work ethic. Um, you don't have any appreciation. You don't have. What does Sean say to that kid? Well, I think you know, like you. I mean, you said it perfectly that they're just working smarter. We've seen our parents and their grandparents and everybody. You clock in at nine, you work till five, and that's what you do, and then and then you retire. That's old. There are people now, bless them, however they did it on Instagram and all these influencers that are living multi-million dollar lives, they figured out how to do it different. They figured out how to do it smart. You just have to find <clears throat> your niche. And if people are, you know, the generations are telling you that you're lazy or people in your life are telling you that you're lazy and you have no work ethic, maybe we need to look at who you're hanging around with because... <laughs> I, I mean, I just, I think this generation is different, like all generations. And it's not our place to pass judgment on them. It's our place to accept it and come alongside of them because they're going to add value in the world. They're going to. We just have to come alongside and stop scrutinizing them because they want to have a four hour work week. Cool. If you can get your work done in four hours a week, do it. That's awesome. You know, we've, we've that shift is there. <clears throat> work-life balance. It's not work-life balance. It's life-work balance. Life is becoming before. We're back in the day. Work came way before life. It's about what's important and what matters. And we can't crucify them because they're choosing themselves. Like, that's not right. So talk to the person that is, you know, the get off my lawn person. And I've got that in me at times, you know, I've got the get off my lawn kind of situation. I'm still, you know, I'm almost, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I'm almost 50 years old. And, you know, there's times where I'm like, no, this is the way you got to do it. And this is the way it was done and stuff like that. Talk to that person. If we don't change and evolve, we die. We, we don't we don't have that option it's it's all it's all about change it's all about evolving everything goes through processes of growth and processes of evolving that we can't look at it as you should do it this way because we've always done it this way well that's not true we can totally change that and who are we you know if you're out there saying that you know get off my lawn and we do it this way da, 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 that's on you that's not on them. Like you need to look at yourself. Like that's, that's 100% on you. So when you're, when you're dealing with, you know, again, when you're dealing with generation wise and you have to, you're talking about coming alongside. And this is the thing that I've, I've admired about you is when you've done it right, you haven't taken the credit. When you've done it wrong, you've taken the blame. Where did you learn, learn that? Because most people are like, when I do it right, yay, me, look at me. And then when they, when it th good things go wrong, they're like, where are the people at? Let me, you know, they're just, at, but you, you've learned to do it. And I've seen you transform this over time. You've transformed it. Like you have it completely opposite. You're constantly giving credit to everybody else. And when the blame comes, you're taking the blame. I think, um, it goes back to some of those pivotal moments in the beginning of my career. And it was all about me. 
I was leading for all the wrong reasons. And I was, you know, I was that person of, oh, you messed up. It's all you. It's you. You did it. And look where that got me. It got me nowhere. It got me working by myself with no support. Like, and, and as the leader, we have to take the responsibility for anything that goes wrong. It's our, at the end of the day, the buck stops with you as the leader. So why would we push blame? And the standing in the, you know, the backside and always putting the team first is what has propelled our companies to now be opening another location and looking at another location for a salon because the people come first. They are way more important. They, they do the work. They, they're the ones that are side by side, you know, and, and who am I? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just here to serve them. Like what, like, let me fold towels. Like I was folding towels with a student this morning. Like I'm cool with that. Like it does not, I I've never, you know, I've never been one that leads for a title. Like I was, and that got put away very, very quickly. And even now when people say, what do you do? I'm like, Oh, I work in the schools. That's how I view it. Like, it's just what it is. Well, I love it. If you're watching, you can see it in him. Uh, if you're listening, you can hear it in his voice. But even before we started, I asked him what his title was. I asked Sean what, what your title was. And you're like, eh, that's no big deal. <laughs> like, I, I love that. I, I love that because I think a lot of times people are leading for it. What do you, what do you say to a person? Because servant leadership is a... Um, is a term that comes up and there's a lot of people in the, the existing power structure, meaning I become the C-suite level and then everybody serves me and servant leadership is just turning the, uh, the triangle upside down. And now if you're the owner of the company, you're this uh, CEO of the company, you're serving everybody else. What do you say to a person that maybe has never come in contact with it? And also in their head, they think servant leadership soft. I ain't going there. Good luck finding people because <clears throat> people don't quit companies. They quit people. They quit, they quit the leader. Like that's, it's, it's been said over and over again. So if you're having high turnover, it's because you're not appreciating your people. And truly when you put your people first, it's when your company is going to move forward. It's when the growth is going to happen. It's when the synergy is going to happen. And I think it, if you do it enough, and like I said, you do it for the genuine reasons, it becomes so natural that your people feel it. They know that they're the number one thing. And if, and if you don't tell them enough, they can just see it because you're there to, you're there to serve them. Just like they're there to serve your clients or serve your guests or whatever business you're in, like take care of those people and they'll take care of the ones they need to. Sean, the reason why I started the podcast is because of my kids. You know Maddox and McKenna. You've known them since they were a little tiny. And now Maddox is 10 years old. And the other day, um, I loved it because he came outside uh, and he had his sweats on. And he had holes in the back of his knees on his sweats. And I looked and I was like, how is this possible? Like, did you fall down on your back? And I, then I realized his pants were on backwards. I told him, go back in the house and switch your pants around. He comes, goes in, comes back out. And I saw, and he didn't change him. I was like, son, you didn't switch your pants. And he looked at me and he was like, I thought about it and didn't really want to. And then <laughs> I said, and he's 10. And I said, so son, cause I want to get him prepared. I said, so what are you going to say when somebody asks you, why are your pants backwards? He said, I'll just ask him why their pants are forwards. 
And I love it. So his, his mentality is completely Maddox style. It's his world. We just live in it. You know McKenna. Um, McKenna is now 13 years old, seventh grade. Um, got the heart of gold. She's got a sense of humor like you wouldn't believe. She's so sarcastic. She just give you a hard time all the time. Um, I made the podcast because of them, because I want to take iconic people like yourself. Um, and I wanted them to see that you were a human being. And the most important thing that you had was the right attitude and phenomenal work ethic. What advice would you give to Maddox and McKenna? And if you could use both their names, it would be awesome. I would say McKenna, don't, don't lose you don't lose that heart. The world, the world at times can be very, very, very cruel, but I promise you keep being who you are and it will come back tenfold for you. Have that big heart. Oh, Maddox. I would say, dude, be you. You, you, uh, you have your own style. You, you just always light up the room. And that's hard when you're next to your dad. That's hard. You you come along, you come alongside of him and you just are that own burst and you're gonna do huge things in this world. Well, Sean, you're you're already doing huge things in this world. And uh, what I love about it is you stay so humble with it. And it's just it's one foot in front of the other. I think our our our, our mutual friend. Uh, Tim's story. It was, it was great. He said something to me that impacted me so much. He said, you know, there's no big breaks in life. There's just a lot of little ones. And uh, my friend, Eric Compton said to me, I called him and uh, I want to congratulate him because the first week or actually, yeah, the first week of his business, when he opened it up, he actually profited on the first week. And I was like, how is this possible? And I just called him. And the first thing I said, I said, man, I said, Eric, you got the Midas touch. And he said, <laughs> and he said, nope. I just keep touching. And mm. you're an example, Sean, of continuing to do the right things for the right reasons. And, oh, wow, the right things happen. But it's no mystery. For all of us, it's no mystery that Sean's sitting in the place where he's at because the foundation, the, 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 the building blocks were all in place. And we kept seeing it. We knew it was imminent that it was going to happen. But it's just, it's, it's an honor to not only witness it, but it's an honor to be able to call you a friend, man. I appreciate you, Kelly. Well, now's the time, everybody, that uh, if you're listening and you're watching, click the links. If you're on Spotify, you can actually rate the show. So do, the, do me the favor and rate the show. Do it a five. Um, don't do it a four. Don't do it a one. Do it a five. Why? Because I told you to. So rate the show. Um, and what I would suggest is anybody who's thinking about leading, you need to share this episode with. Anybody who's thinking about uh, maybe they're in the wrong path right now and they're around the wrong people, share this with them. Because I think that the, the greatest thing that you can do is you can uh, that is, is get yourself around people or listen to people or watch people like a Sean who have, are not talking from, I read a book and this is how it's going to happen, but he lived it and he's living it right now. And I think it's such a phenomenal example. And so now click the links, check all the sponsors, do all the things that you know you need to do. Um, but Sean, you have been absolutely amazing, man. And I, I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. You are officially off the high. <laughs>